Hey, welcome to Crossover Church ATL, where we build a city together. We want to welcome our guests. I know we have a, a, a bunch of first-time guests. We got some friends from Hillsong Atlanta in the building. Make some noise for Hillsong Atlanta. I've been on a series called Home, but I just wanted to recognize that this is actually the last Sunday of our 21-day fast. So give a shout-out to all the people that have been fasting for 21 days. Hopefully God has been speaking to you as you're drawing closer to him. I wanted to talk about um, something a little different today because me and my wife, you've, you've heard the story. You've heard the horror stories about us building this house. We purchased this house four years ago, and we are like literally days away from moving into this house full time. Amen. The crazy thing about this, it's not even about the house. It's really about the spiritual house and what God is doing because God spoke to me in a, in a prophecy. He gave me a word four years ago, all right, four years ago that what everything that was happening in the natural realm is a reflection of what he was doing in the spirit realm. And so we were building a house physically, and Tammy, this is right before Zeke was born. She got pregnant with Zeke four years ago. And we were birthing a child, and so he said, you're building a house to father the children. And this was four years ago. And from that moment to this moment, we were in a, a season of what I like to call transition. Say transition. And sometimes God will take us through seasons of transitions. You look back in your life, and you realize you're not in the same place that you used to be. And some of us were like, thank God for that. Can I get an amen? amen? We're not where we used to be. God rescued us from the pit. God rescued us from the, from the enemy's grips. Right? Amen. Now, some of us, let me just be real, and if we can be honest with ourselves, some of us were in a great space, in a great place a year ago, two years ago, in the last season. And now we find ourselves in a place of uncertainty. And we're like, God, where are you at? What's going on? And so I wanted to jump right into the scriptures. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read in verse 35. It says this, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now when they, have left, now when they had left the multitudes, they took him along in a boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat on the boat, and it was already filling up with water. But he said to them in the stern, asleep on a pillow, or he was in the stern. Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the bottom of the boat. He woke up and he said to them, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he woke up, rebuked the winds and the waves. He said, peace, be still. The winds and the waves stopped. But he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you not have faith? And they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that it penetrates our hearts, God, and it teaches us something today. And that we walk out of the building different than we walked in. And I pray for those that are in a season of transition. And I just feel like all of us are in some way or another in that type of season. And I pray, Father, that you just go with us. And you guide us and you lead us. And may this message show us something, God, about what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, we all said amen, amen. Now, um, I'm, how many of y'all old enough to remember this thing called MapQuest? 
MapQuest, old school, you know what I mean, like AOL. You used to get on this thing, and we used to have to print out this thing called MapQuest. Now, let me just be real. There's two types of people, like, in this room, and me and my wife are total opposites with this. I like to pull up Google Maps, and she'll pull up Google Maps. I will look at the actual map. My wife will look at the turn-by-turn directions. All right, she, she wants to know like what's coming up next, what's the road. I just want to see, I'm a visual person. Anybody with me? Say yeah. My wife wants to read the words. Anybody with her? Say yeah. Okay, you got some people. You got, okay. You got some people. MapQuest, MapQuest used to just print out the, the turn by turn directions. You have to read like on Peachtree Street, turn right, and go three tenths of a mile. And back in the day, I, I could even remember when I was a kid, before MapQuest, you used to have to buy the maps that you used to buy at the gas station to pull those bad boys out and open it up. You have to pull over and, and, and realize, okay, we got to take this highway, we got to turn left here. But you always had to pay attention to where you were going. With GPS in 2022, no, what I've realized is nobody knows where they're going anymore. We just depend on this thing in our, in our pockets to get us where we're going. GPS. You ask anybody in Atlanta where anything is, and they're going to be like, I have no idea. Because Atlanta is kind of all over the place. Well, there's a new app that came out several years ago. It's kind of old now. But, you know, Google Maps will show you red. On Monday at about 9 a.m. in the morning, that highway is going to be red. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, that highway is going to be what? Red. There's another app called Waze. I'm not here to promote Waze. But there is another, some people already know about it. Amen. And what Waze does is going to show you the quickest way around the traffic. But a lot of times, it is not, it is not the, the way on the high, it's not the straight way. You're going to have to go like a, a detour. You ever heard of a detour before? And sometimes, if God is with you, the detour will get you there quicker. If the enemy is with you, y'all know where I'm going with this. You're going to take you some long way out, and you're going to get mad at ways. You're going to get mad at Google Maps, because I have been led to cornfields before. I'm like, Jesus, where am I at? This is not the right address. But ways will tell you how to get somewhere quicker and go a detour, go a place that really you wouldn't even know about, but it's still going to get you to your destination. Well, I'm from Miami, Florida, and I moved to Atlanta 22 years ago in the year 2000. And when I first had this first job in Atlanta, I heard an older guy from ATL say, a term. He says, as the crow flies. And I was like, what the heck do you mean by that? Because I have, we don't say that in South Florida. As the crow flies, meaning if a bird flew from here to my house, it isn't going to take all the roads. The bird is going to fly in the air in a straight direction from one place to another. And as the crow flies, it, it might only be a few miles away, but because we have roads that go left and right and around mountains and around buildings, it might take you triple the distance, 15 miles. But as the crow flies, as they say in the south, it might only be three miles away. And so what I've learned about transitions and detours is like getting in an airplane in Atlanta 
right, and going to Los Angeles, the airplane is going to probably fly in a direct straight line. But if you're going to drive there, you're going to have to go on this highway, you're going to get off this highway, go on to another highway, and you're going to kind of take the long road to get there. So what I wanted to talk about today is when Jesus says in verse 35, let us cross over to the other side. They were, they were one place, they were with people, and Jesus stopped the disciples and said, it's time for us to bounce, it's time for us to roll out, it's time for us to transition, it's time for us to go somewhere new. Verse 35, let us cross over, that's even the name of the church, cross over. Every day we got to cross over, every day we got to get up out of bed and cross over into a new day. We have a new 24 hours that God has blessed us with, that God has given us with, and we all are going to be accountable for how we steward the 24 hours, how we steward the house, how we steward our family, how we steward our business, how we steward the temple. And he's given us, or, or we have several definitions for transition and I want to share real quick. It says, from one state to another, from one subject to another, from one place to another. We got to transition. We got to change. There's movement in transition. There's development in transition. There's evolution from looking like one thing, one form into another form. We evolve from one place to another place. From It's also used in music a lot of times, especially with a band and an orchestra. A transition is going from one section of the music to another section in the music. We like to call it a bridge. It's a transition for you artists in here. <laughs> Jesus wants to take his disciples through transition. Transition is healthy. Say it's healthy. And the Holy Spirit wants to make sure that he is with us and that we are transitioning, a.k.a. crossing over into what he wants, not what we want. Because a lot of times we want to stay with the crowd. We want to stay around what's comfortable we, because we don't have to, you know, in the crowd, nobody really notices us. Or in the crowd, you have affirmation of men and women and not necessarily affirmation of God. We try to live up to the Joneses, and then the crowd's last name is Joneses. So we're trying to be like them a lot of times. And sometimes God will take you out of the crowd and tell you it's time to cross over. And the other side, he said, it's time to cross over to the other side. Say other side. Other side represents God-given destinies in our life. It's time to cross over to the other side. It's time to cross over into the God-given destiny for your life. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. A lot of times what we mess up and we make the mistake of, we start to believe lies and we start to believe what the, what the creators and, and the people on Instagram, the influencers are telling us is best for our life. Let me just be real in 100. Could I be real today? Say yeah. We start to believe what Gary Vee is telling us for our life. We start to believe what all these influence, and listen, they're not bad. They're not bad people. I'm not disrespecting them. But what I'm saying is there's a voice that is better. There is a plan that is better. And it's God's plan for our life. So when he says, let's go to the other side, he's talking about the plans and purposes of God for our life. 
And some of us want to stay where we're at because we're comfortable. And there are plans. And we call our plans God plans a lot of times. So Jesus gives us this pattern in the verses that we read for transitioning, a.k.a. crossing over into our God-given destinies. And it involves six steps. And I'm going to break this thing down as quickly as I can. The first step is this. You have to follow the right leader. Really, you have to follow the leader. When you were young, you used to play that game, follow the leader. Right? And, and, and in verse 35, Jesus says, let us cross over, implying that his disciples were going to be in a transition, but they had to follow him. And Jesus always led his disciples, and his disciples always followed. The 12 always followed, but all of the people that followed Jesus weren't necessarily his disciples. And there's plenty of times in the scripture where Jesus sometimes would offend the people's minds only to reveal their hearts. He said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can't follow me. And it says in the scripture that many departed from him and followed him no more. And then he looked at Peter he looked at John, are you guys going to leave too? Are you guys going to roll out too? And, and they looked at him, they're like, where are we to go? What else are we going to do? There is no plan B for our lives. See, that's the difference between a disciple and someone who just attends the, with the crowd. A disciple, where else am I going to go? For you hold the key to my life. For you are my Lord, my Savior, in you is my everything. We have to follow the leader. The pattern hasn't changed. we got to follow the right leadership in our lives. Jesus is the only one who knows where we're going, and he's the only one who knows how to get us there. And let me tell you something real too. I have to follow him. I have absolutely no idea where we're going to be at in five years, but he knows. And so, therefore, I have to submit my life as a leader, as a minister, as a pastor, as a man, as a father, as a husband, unto the leadership of Jesus. Because every day I got to wake up just like you. I got to put my pants on just like you. And I got to seek him just like you. So I am no better than you. I don't have a bigger Holy Spirit or more graduated Holy Spirit inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. He also lives in you. We got to follow him. And verse 36 goes on to say that Jesus asked the disciples to leave the multitudes. Leads me to my next point. Sometimes you have to leave the people behind. This is a word for somebody in here. Sometimes you got to leave the multitude behind. They left the safety of the crowd because they wanted to be a part of something bigger. And sometimes God, when he wants to do something bigger, he'll take you to a place that looks smaller. Woo! He'll start to remove things and he'll start to remove people from your life in order to transition you to get you to cross over into his call and his destiny for your life. See, the choices you make on a daily basis will determine your transition tomorrow. You have to choose to leave the multitudes. Multitude mentality is one of mediocrity and negativity. 
get around a bunch of people, and all of a sudden you start hearing all these negative things. Oh, the pastor did this. Or did you see this person do that? Or she's sleeping with this person. This person's doing that. That All of that little talk is going to keep you right where you're at. The multitude is more concerned about conformity than commitment. Disciples are more concerned about being committed to the king. They don't want to conform to the patterns of the world, but they want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the Bible says that we've been given the mind of Christ. And so I want to think like him. I want to talk like him. I want to see like him. I want to be like him. And every day I wake up, he's transforming me more into his image. And that's a supernatural miracle that, you know, I don't fully understand, but I thank him for it. I thank him that I'm not the same person I used to be. Do I still struggle? Yeah. Do I still have flaws? Yeah. Every day. That's why I need to follow him and not the crowd. Here's the deal. Crowds are good in the right environment. We got a little crowd in here today. But in the right environment, crowds are actually good, right? This, where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. And let me go on to verse 36 for the sake of time. It says that his disciples and Jesus got into the boat. My third point is this. You have to be willing to get into the boat. Let me explain. The boat is a vessel that enables you to do something that you couldn't do on your own ability. They had to get to the other side of a body of water, and they couldn't walk there. They couldn't get there. There was no way for them to get away from the crowd. And so Jesus says, I need you to get into the boat. And they had to obey. And the boat represents something that you couldn't do on your own. The disciples had no, they, they had a physical boat. But our boat today is this body, is this church it's crossover ATL. It's the movement of city takers. You have to get in the house. You have to get in the boat in order to get you where God wants you to go. The church is a vessel God has constructed 2,000 plus years ago. But here was his plan from the beginning before God created the world. He had a spotless lamb for you and for me to take us into God's given destiny. It's the vehicle that provides protection, direction, encouragement, and accountability. Not in a religious way, but in a relational way. And that's what we're about. That's what this house is about. This house is about if you get into this house, if you get into this boat, it's about real, raw relationships. All of us are going through some stuff. If you pull the blanket off of every single person's life, you're going to see some dirt. And so welcome to a house with a little bit of dirt in it. But here's the deal. Jesus, through Holy Spirit, is like a broom. Jesus, through Holy Spirit, is like a person who comes in and, and cleans the house. Covers the dirt. Puts bleach on the stains. Then the bleach is blood. It's the blood of Yeshua. It was the blood that was shed on Calvary. I love what Matthew 16 says, Jesus said that the gates of hell won't, will not prevail against his church. You have to be a part of a church that's preaching Jesus. 
with the fellowship of family, teaching, preaching the word of God. Listen, beyond Sundays. It's got to be bigger than a once a week gathering. And I'm not here to knock his bride. Let me tell you something, what he's doing in this hour. He is definitely uniting his bride for his bigger purpose on this earth in the city of Atlanta. And guess what? He's using you. He's using us to do that. He's bringing his church together. My fourth point is this. We have to watch what we say, a.k.a. watch your confession. The disciples were in the boat. They cried out that they were going to die. They're like, Jesus, don't you care? We're about to die. You got to be careful what you declare in the midst of transition. You got to be careful what you say in the midst of crossing over into a different season, especially during the seasons of this, when there's storms. You got to remember what God says about every situation. You got to stand on God's word. You got to stand on his promises. 2 Corinthians 1.19, God's promises are what? Yes and amen. That's, that's not just a song. That's actually the word. All your promises are. My next point is you got to learn how to handle the storm. I used to play football. Any football players in here? Okay. Got three. I used to play defense. What I loved about defense is I used to get to hit people on purpose. <laughs> now, here's the deal. I wasn't the biggest guy on the team. I wasn't the strongest guy on the team. When I was in Pop Warner football, I was a little kid. I don't know how old I was, maybe 8, 9, 10. I'll never forget this. My coach used to tell me, when you run, you have to run full speed at somebody. Because the moment you slow down, if you slow down a little bit, they hit you, you're going to go backwards. And you can't flinch, you can't be afraid, because the, the, the shoulder pads, the helmet, and the, the pads on your pants, they have a job to do. And you have to trust the equipment to do its job. And so what I need you to do, he told me as a little kid, I need you to lean forward a little bit when you're about to hit somebody at full speed. And so I grew up, listen, I grew up, I played football all through school, played, you know, a little extra football after I graduated. And I was always known for hitting very hard. Not punching, but hitting like in football. And it, and it stemmed from the coach telling me when I was 8, 9, 10 years old to lean forward. And so why am I sharing that? Because sometimes when we're going through a storm in life, you can't slow down and get afraid. God's armor is on you. And you have to trust his armor to do its job. The armor will defend you from the fiery darts of the evil one. You're going to have to lean forward and push through the storm in the name of Jesus. You hear me? You got to learn how to handle the storm or the storm will handle you. Jesus was asleep in the middle of the boat. He didn't let the storm handle him. He had peace inside of his mind and inside of his heart. So what was going on around him never influenced and affected what was going on inside of him. This is a word for somebody in here. You can't let the storm influence you. You have to influence the storm. You'll never calm a storm that you can't sleep through. The wind represents unforeseen forces. The waves represent things that we can see. 
And sometimes it's just the wind, the unseen things, that's enough to knock us off course. Trust God. Trust that he's given you everything you need. And he is with you. And he's walking with you through the storms of life. And my last point is this. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of you being home and being a part of this body, being a part of this church, in the midst of crossing over to the other side, through it all, you look back and you have to allow your faith to grow. Romans 10, 17. So faith come by hearing, hearing the word of God. Verse 40, Jesus cried out. He says, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? And so in the season of transition, in the season of crossing over into God's given destiny for your life, I want to ask you the same thing. Where is your faith? What are you putting your faith in? Are you putting your faith in your job, in your bank account? Are you putting your faith in another person? Are you putting your faith in things, in a ministry, in, a, in, in, in being an entrepreneur, in having success in the context of this world? Or are you putting your faith in King Jesus? See, if you get to know Jesus during the quiet times of your life, you'll know him in the seasons of the storms and in transitions. That's why we fast. That's why we, so we, so we start to recognize his voice. And then when there's a bunch of other voices screaming out loud, you'll recognize his voice. I always say this. If somebody called my phone right now and I put it on speakerphone. And I put it on the microphone and I start talking to that person. If that person is related to your mom, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your grandma. And I start talking to her like I know her. You're going to be like, hold up. That's my grandmother. You're going to recognize her voice. How are you going to recognize her voice? You're going to recognize her voice because of the time that you spent with her in your life. Some of us in this room never got to meet our grandmother, never got to meet our fathers. If they called right now, you wouldn't recognize their voice. The difference is a four-letter word, T-I-M-E. In order for your faith to grow in the midst of transition, in order for your faith to grow, you're going to cross over. You're going to get into this boat. You're going to have to spend time with Jesus. If you'll get to know him, I'm telling you, he wants to get to know you. And let's get this new revelation of who Jesus is and where he's taking us as a body, but also where he's taking you as a son and as a daughter. They feared, they were afraid of dying. If their fear was exceedingly abundant, they said to one another, who is this man who could calm the wind, what we don't see, and the waves, the things that we do see? So as your pastor, I want to tell you it's time to cross over into the destiny that God has for us. We got to allow him to speak to us we got to allow him to tell us to get in the boat. we got to allow him to take us to places we can't dream or imagine about. 
But one thing I know about where he's taking you is good. It's good. So allow him to remove some things. Allow him to expose some things. Allow him to speak. Allow him to teach. Allow him to rebuke. Allow him all access to your heart of hearts. And watch what he'll do. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your children that are in this room. Maybe we've hung out with the multitude way too long. I just hear the Lord say, forget the former things. You're going to have to let go of the old. Let God do something new. Speak to your children, Father, your servants are listening. Show us where we fall short. Show us the sinful things that are in our hearts and our minds, God. And may we lay those things at the foot of the cross. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us where we fall short. Lord, it's time to cross over. We want to walk in the fullness of what you want for us. For 10 seconds, I want you to just talk to Jesus for a second. Come on, all around the room, just say, Lord, I want to I cross over. I want to walk into my destiny. I want it all, Lord. I want all what you want. Not what I want, but let your will be done, Father. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for the spirit of revelation. Thank you for your presence, your peace, your provision. Everything we need is in the house. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. It's in the magnificent, majestic name of your son, Jesus. We all said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.